Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Welcome to episode 102 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Steve Pounder. And we're in joyous mood because the Whitecaps are back in Vancouver after back-to-back road wins, back-to-back clean sheets, dramatic win against Orlando City. Back-to-back dramatic wins. Yeah. (laughs) I I think the win over Orlando, the, the Lion now sleeps tonight. And I don't know so much about a win away, but they certainly know how to win away. Uh, that's 100% true. Two great wins. Uh, left it left late. Uh, like to keep the blood pressure a little bit low next time. Maybe they can <laughs> win out earlier. But, uh, just, you know, two fantastic wins. And Rivera comes up tw- big twice in both games. Yeah, I mean, the, the win against Orlando... The scream I, I yelled out, you probably oh. heard me in Surrey, I think, Steve. It was no, so loud. No, I, I couldn't because I was screaming <laughs> myself. I scared my kids who were downstairs and they, they were wondering what the hell happened. Yeah, poor predictor Pooch was just having a nice quiet nap on the couch beside me. Mm. Not not for long. Wife was in the kitchen. She's like, what the hell? But that that was drama to the highest level. Didn't think it was going to happen. I I would have taken a point. I would have been happy with four points from, from the two road games. But to come home now with six points... That's fantastic, and it just sets the season up tremendously. Yeah. Uh, the big question everybody's talking about uh, for that game itself is calling it a smash and grab. Now, I know the Whitecaps would have been satisfied with a point, um, but overall, the game, um, I thought Vancouver has had enough chances to even win it out in the first half. Uh, they, the, with Rivero's two chances, there was one other one, and they could have easily scored in that first half. And I don't consider it a total. I consider it a smash the grab, considering how late the goal came. But I don't overall think that they didn't deserve the point. No, I totally agree. And I think the whole smash and grab thing just comes from the fact it was a 96th minute winner. But over the the course of the game, for me, the Whitecaps had the better chances. And but, it was but, the same sorry, against Chicago. There are people out there that say that Orlando deserved, were robbed of a, yeah. a, a win or a point or whatever they think. That's just Adrian Heath. Oh, that's true. But that was the thing as well. The MLS brought out the, the power rankings yeah. um, and Vancouver's gone up in that from 6th to 4th, I think it was. And in, in the comments about that, it said back-to-back road wins, although they didn't look very good in the process. And I disagree with that because no, they did exactly disagree. what they need to That's do. That's what I'm talking about. That's the people I'm talking about yeah. that are saying that. What are they expecting a road team to go out and dominate? Like I don't care if they're on the back foot for 89 minutes and get a 90th minute winner. 
But this isn't how these like no. these these two games didn't play out that way. The Whitecaps had the better chance against Chicago. They certainly had the better chance against Orlando. Foker made me a little bit clouded by the fact that Orlando for the last ten minutes of the match really piled the pressure on. And then Kyle Lauren missed that chance. That yeah, but that was Ousted's only save of yeah, the game that they exactly. had to make really. And it's like they snuffed out Kaka and. Orlando basically had no other threats. That's the other thing about uh, people seeing one instant. They saw one instant of Kaka uh, going around Laba and Kofi, and they considered that for the whole game. Some, some, yeah. There are people out there that understand that that only happened once. But And yes, Laren missed a sitter. Yeah. Um, and it's not, actually, it's not so much that he missed a sitter. Ousted came up with a fantastic save, and I, I think he deserves a lot of credit for both those wins yeah. because he has he wasn't called upon to do much but, but he when he was big. he came up big and I actually had him as my man of the match against Chicago but he wasn't even in the reckoning because everyone else just picked Rivero or one of the other attacking guys but for me the play of Ousted in those two games has been very undervalued and I think he is the, the key as to why the Whitecaps came home with the six points yeah and uh, overall uh, well it's hard not to give it to Rivero considering he had those two chances before and then he scored the later on one player again we're going to have to mention uh, Pedro Morales he set up the winner with yep. the fr- with the free kick um, a lot of people said that it wasn't a very good free kick it was just ideal that Rivera got to it but See, still, I, I disagree well, with no, that no, as well no, though, but, because but, he, he like he got it low to where only he could get it right but when you when you watch the replay Kendall decides to go up and Robbo said after the game he Kendall had asked should I go up should I stay back and Rob was like, it's the last dying seconds, this could be the last kick of the game, just go up and we'll leave Diego back. So Kendall comes into the box late, you can see all the Orlando guys watching him because they know what an aerial threat he is. Was, that leaves Rivero, yeah, yeah, that leaves Rivero free at the front. And that ball from Pedro was not a pure free kick, that was straight on his head. But even so, the work that Rivero had to do to make that a goal was phenomenal. I mean, for me, that's goal of the week material. The way he he twisted his body, new nickname for him, the corkscrew. The the question is, was he trying to get it on net or was he just trying to keep it alive and hopefully... Getting Watson, no, Watson that, on there. That uh, was an attempt but to go. He knew exactly. He's the type of player that would doing. do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, going back to Pedro and, and his play, he missed that one chance. Um, that was the one that everybody was screaming about <laughs> for the most of the game. Yeah, another that, game, another miss. There, there's something about is Pedro fighting it a little bit? Like he had time to settle the ball down and take a good crack, but he just smacked it one time right off the pass. So. Is, is he like fighting it and trying to just trying too hard to get that goal? I don't know. I mean, we asked Robbo last week whether he was a bit off his game. And, and as anyone that listened to the show, Robbo said it was a bit harsh to say that. And he was happy with how he had played against Chicago because he'd asked him to play a different role. Now, I accept all that. But when you get the chance in front of goal and you're a DP and you've got the skill that Morales has and we've seen him bury these chances in training... For him not to do it in the game yet, is he rushing? Is he thinking too much about it now? Is it is it going to be a case that he just needs to get his first goal of the season and now he's going to relax a bit? So many questions. So that's some of our initial thoughts on the Orlando game. Let's hear a little bit now from Kyle Robinson at training on Tuesday, just with, with his thoughts of how he thought the game played out, some of the performances, and we'll also hear a bit from a couple of the players as well. Jordan Harvey, Stephen Betashure, Pammy Duca, and David Ousted.
pitching standpoint as a coach, what are you most proud of with those two road victories, the way that you guys managed to get out of there with three points each game as opposed to just coming yeah. home with one and being proud of that? I think it showed the character that my group has got, you know, and, and at times throughout the year I'm sure we'll get questioned on it as um, most teams do at certain stages, but, you know, I was proud of every single one of them on Saturday because, you know, it was like trains, planes and automobiles getting there on um, Thursday, Friday. Everything that you could possibly imagine to go wrong did go wrong and you know I said to him before the game you know whatever however you get there um, we unfortunately got there a, a very hard way you know it's about winning a game of football on Saturday so go out there there's no pressure on you just go out and play your best and, and play with some fun and enjoyment and they did that and you know I thought we were tiring towards the end I think the last 15 minutes was uh, head in hand stuff um, but you know we stuck together and we got a reward at the end you know we've got a player who scores a goal um, who's had cramp for the last five minutes, but he's got a desire to get on the end of a cross, and you know that's it doesn't happen overnight. It builds, and the character is building each week. I'm glad you mentioned that because character comes in so many different forms. You know, yours came in, in obviously the late goals, but also the travel mishaps and whatnot. <laughs> to have the character coming about the way that it is right now, to get these results where they are, Carl. I mean, yes. You got to be smart in one way and look at what it can do going forward. Yeah, listen, I'm very happy. I'm I'm delighted for the boys because they deserved it, you know. And you know, I didn't have to play on Saturday, but I felt terrible in the lead up to the game. Um, what I won't do is I won't make excuses. And you know, if we were on the wrong end of a result here today against a very good Orlando team, you know, I must say that very good, enjoyable to watch. Obviously, they've for me they've got the best player in the league without a, without a, without a doubt by a country mile in, in Kaka and. You know, they deserve the reward they got. So if we would have been on the end of a different result, I wouldn't be blaming the travel excuses. You know, I'm not uh, one to make excuses. You know, on the day, did you deserve to win or did you not deserve to win? And I think, you know, I, I don't... Maybe we got a little bit lucky at the end. Um, I think chances were pretty even. They edged possession, but, you know, clear-cut chances. I think we had the better ones in the first half. So um, it was our day. You only lost five games last year on the road. Yeah. And defeating the two played so far, what's making the team so hard to beat now away from home? We've slightly tactically adjusted one or two things. You know, we we focused on trying to get Pedro a little bit higher up the field and give him a, a, a license to roam a little bit. Um, but it's you know you don't like losing any game, uh, and we've just tried to be difficult to beat away from home. And you know, if you've got the right mentality and you've got the right character guys in in your team, then you've always got half a chance. And you know, have we rode our luck at times? Yeah, without a doubt. You know, but you're going to need to do that, and when you do that, you need obviously someone up the other end who can score a goal. And the counter-attacking style of play that you like to play on the road is that just made for Major League Soccer? I think it is. I think you look at a number of teams in the league, and you know, the I think Adrian's comments about us before the game were that, you know, we're a dangerous team when they have the ball, and you know, that's if you put yourself in the right places defensively then and you've got pace on the counter-attack then you're always going to be a counter-attacking team that, that can hurt opponents you know not just in major league soccer but all over the you know the world you look in the premier league and you know people talk about possession and i want possession and as we're continuing to build here i want to be a team that dominates possession dominates tackles dominates crosses dominates shots but arsenal do that every game unfortunately they don't win every game so it's about finding you know um solutions to try and to the problems that you have with each opponent that you face of, of getting the best way to win a game. The fact that you guys won 86th and then 96th minute, what, what is that a testament to? Is that fitness? Is that mentality? Because that's rare, back-to-back -back on the road like that. It's definitely uh, a little of everything. 
Um, you know, you can give, uh, I think they'll take as much credit as possible to our uh, training staff to keep us fit and on the field, uh, not many people cramped, and it was in a humid environment. And so um, you could take a little bit of that, a little resilience. I mean, I mean, the guys out there were so hard, man, and uh, it's a mentally tough team. And despite, uh, you know, defending for a large portion of it, giving up a lot of possession, um, we stuck to it and uh, capitalized on our opportunities. Steve, one of my colleagues said uh, two hey. years ago you probably would have lost those two games. Last year you might have tied them and been happy, and this year you've won them. Is that a, a testament to just mentality uh, and, I mean, to stick with it as late as both those games were won? Yeah, I mean, I think your colleague's right on right there. Smart guy. Uh, but, I mean... Yeah, it's just one of those things. Last year, like I said, I think we might have tied those. Uh, but this year, you know, we kept pushing 90 whatever minute. We, we score a goal and get three points. Um, it's just, you know, the guys in here, we said it before season started. We're excited for the season. We got a group, good group of guys. Robo did a great job bringing a lot of talent, a lot of depth, and you can see it now. Players want to play games, Paul, but I mean, looking at how, how much of a nightmare travel they had to, to Orlando, are you, is part of you thankful maybe you stayed back? Or how, how do you see the those rest weeks playing out this year, is that something you'll embrace? Well, I don't like rest, to be honest. But, you know, when you also get to a certain age, you understand it. And But I want to play every game. The coach knows that, but also he's smart enough to know that he has players enough also when two or three players are out because our squad is uh, strong. And uh, Diego played a very wonderful game, him and Kendall together. And uh, for me, it was nice to able to spend time with my family and with my newborn. So that I was very happy for. But still, you know, as a professional, you like to play all games. But I can say that I'm very glad for that I didn't go. <laughs> Even with a crying infant all night long? <laughs> Even though. Now, to be honest, you know, they always, when you don't have one, they always say that your life changes. But it really does changes. And I'm embarrassing every, embarrassing every minute of it. And I love it. But still, my job is to play football. And I love playing soccer. So I wish I could have gone to travel. We've gone to Disney World, but it will be another time. <laughs> what does it say about this club to pick up six points on the road the way that you did, especially so late when you could have settled for a point? The mentality is, is a never-die mentality. Um, I think uh, we showed that the two uh, away games here that we'll, we'll, uh, we'll play to the very end, and I think this shows that this team has matured uh, and knows that we have to play 94 or 96 minutes or how much it is and and we uh, we got that little bit of luck uh, these road trips and, and got the points away. Now we have to talk about the playoff Octavio Rivero. Three goals in three games could easily have been six or eight goals in, exactly, in three games. Exactly, the way he's striking the ball right now. And he, he's been so impressive. And we, we've talked about this in the last couple of podcasts as well. It's not just the fact that he's got those goals. It's his work rate off the ball. It's just his movement. It's yeah. he's, everything he's, about him he's, just now he's, is impressing. He's getting noticed big time. Um, I was watching uh, ESPN FC. And they rarely ever show Whitecap highlights, but they were showing Whitecap highlights, and they were showing particularly Rivero, um, his miss, two missed chances early on, and then the goal. So they're definitely noticing the, you know, the the chances he's creating and the goals he's scoring, even down down south. Now I didn't have a look at the the stats after Sunday's games, but after Saturday's games, Rivero was like leading the standings in so many things, joint leader in goals with three. 
joint leader in shots on target, I think it was, with eight, and he was leading in shots on goal with 13. Now, that is just phenomenal, and you have to think as well, he hasn't actually settled into this league yet. He's still trying to find his feet, he's getting used to the travel, he's getting used to playing on turf pitches that he's never played in before. And you don't want to put too much pressure, you don't want to raise too much expectations, because we saw it with Eric Castley, he started off on fire, but how good is he going to be when he actually settles in and finds his feet yeah, here. If it, the thing is, that it's going to be him settling and also how he reacts to people seeing now how he plays because coaches are going to adjust to how he plays and, and work around that as well. So there's going to be a double thing there. If he adjusts and keeps going at this pace, I honestly, and I, I don't hate, I hate doing this because I always hate when other people do this for players, I don't see him playing for the Whitecaps for long. I, I see him obviously going over to Europe, and that's obviously one of his goals. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he said that when I spoke to him earlier in the season, that, that Robbo has said he's going to have brought him here to help him improve his game. And I think both parties are aware that if he's a top player, and he's, he's, he's on the radar, actually, for the Uruguay national team. Yeah. He told me they'd been keeping an eye on him in Uruguay and in Chile. Yeah. And that he's still looking to to have those hopes to, I, to kind of do that. I don't think he uh, he played much in the in the under under twenties and under you know the no. Teams it's only or, it's only like the last couple of years he yeah. seems to have shot back on this on, on, on the this, radar, the radar yeah. again. But the thing with his play is, yeah, teams will learn how he plays. Teams will then start to to try and shut him down, and that's why it's important that the Whitecaps have the other guys stepping up. But I mean, he's shown. In the last two games in particular, some amazing bursts of speed that you don't expect from a striker. I can't remember who it was. He blitzed some guy on on, on Saturday for the, for the chance that, that Ricketts did the, the great save with. But he showed a great burst of speed to get away from him and bear in goal. And that's something that we've not had from any of our strikers. We've had strikers that's... Like, Hasley was good at bustling around yeah. and could put the ball in the net at first... We've had Matix and Hurtado who can speed. put the ball in the net at time and have speed. But Octavio's got speed. He can put the ball in the net. He's basically got, intelligence. got everything going He's got for intelligence. That's yeah. He knows where to be and where to do. He knows how to hold up the ball and get people into the game and everything. So it, it's he is a very... And you were mentioning it before. He you want him as a striker but he looks very dangerous on the wing and he could yeah. be essentially he could be one of he, he probably is one of the best wingers at this point what he's displayed over the first three games so I mean that's one we're going to have to keep an eye on see how he does will we be closed down will we get a bit more attention will we get a bit more kicks slight worry I do have over him though is he's been picking up a couple of bookings that's two in his first three games it's easy to pick up bookings and get suspended in this league and you don't want him out because no. it's like you can't see anyone coming in at the well, moment that's, that's the going part to replace ha- that. That's the part of Hassel you don't want him to pick up yeah. habits from. <laughs> he seems to be settling in great in Vancouver, which is fantastic. And now he's going to experience his first Cascadian derby. Yeah, because the Timbers. Yep, the Great Unwashed are heading to, to town on Saturday. First Cascadian derby of the season. Whitecaps are going to be missing some players. Timbers are missing some players. Let's have a look at the Timbers to, to kick things off. Their midfield has been decimated. Yeah, they, they, they've started this season with three draws. They're still looking for their first win. Two nil-nil games in there as well, so they're struggling to put the ball in the back of the net. Flip side of that, though, is you could say that they are defending well. Yeah. But you look at their pre-season results as well, and there's a lot of nil-nils and one-nils. So they, they are struggling to put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, I think that it comes all from the midfield. Um, starting, you know, to start the season, they were missing 
even start the preseason, they were missing Will Johnson and Diego Valeri, and that's where a lot of their offense drives from. And then Nanchoff got injured down in the Portland tournament, oh. and Zemanski Zemanski was Zemanski was the big one because they were expecting Zemanski to hold down, but now Chara, uh, Diego Chara cannot move up as much. He has to he has to be the one holding the midfield, and they got they, they've called on Jack Jewsbury to come back into the midfield. So it's 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 not there's nothing there's no there's a weakness between the the back line and the and the guys up front. But as weak as they are, they still have a lot of threats. Yeah. The only two goals... Well, they have the threats up front. Up front, they're fine, but it's a matter of getting the ball to them. Yeah. The only player that scored from this year has been Fernando Adi. Yeah. He got the two goals against LA in what was an absolutely fantastic match. But two goals in stoppage time, one for, for each side. And you kind of have to wonder if they hadn't let that late goal in by LA to, to just come away with a two-all draw at home. Would they have pushed? Has that dented their confidence? Could they have pushed on and and got something better from Kansas City? The, the games against Salt Lake and Kansas City, though, they were kind of pretty dire affairs. You, you're not expecting that on Saturday because they always seem to raise their game when they when they play in Vancouver. But one of the guys that, of course, always helps them raise the game when they play Vancouver is Will Johnson, and they're missing that now. Yeah. And there's a lot of new players come in. Whitecaps are in form. This could be the Whitecats' best chance to get a win against Portland at yeah. BC Place. Yeah, even the, even then, the, you, if you look at that preseason game they did play, there was a lot of tension going on for a preseason game. Going yeah, on there. Oh, it's, it's going to be fiery yeah. no matter yeah. what. And, I mean, with, with the players which we have, they've already shown in the, in the first three games, they're not afraid to mix things up. No. Maybe a little bit too much. And in fact, let, let's, let's look at that now. Talking about the Whitecaps' desire or ability to, to mix things up, few moments in Saturday's game against Orlando that might raise concerns going into this game. First one we have to look at, and we're recording this on Tuesday before the MLS disciplinary panel have met, Kakuta Mane, horrific two-footed tackle on Aurelian yeah, Collin. One, that one's definitely there's no way, yeah, yeah, There's no way he is available. <laughs> it's at least one game, if, if not yeah. more, multiple games. And the thing is, we've seen this from Mane before. He had, like, He's the quietest guy off the pitch. But there seems to be like a switch that just flicks when he's on the pitch sometimes and, and he just kind of loses control a little bit. He, he got in a fight with Omar Salgado pre-season last year, got sent off. Yeah. Um, he's did that tackle on Colin. We've seen a couple of other ones where he's left himself in a little bit late. Pre-season against Chicago, he did a tackle on Sean Maloney um, and then stood over Maloney yeah. in a kind of threatening manner, or threatening as a guy his size can be. And he had got um, a dust-up against Portland too. He yeah. was the main qualifier. Oh, yes, too. at the end of the game. Although, to be fair, that was a, a bad, a bad uh, late tackle on yeah, him as well. On him. But he does have that, and teams are going to see that now, that he is easy to rile up and get under the skin. But there's no excuses. That was a horrific tackle. That, that's a leg-breaker. Yeah. If he had made contact, full contact with Colin, that would have been horrendous. And I think the only reason he stayed on was that Colin didn't go down. Because he's a big guy. And Colin knew it was a bad tackle. He just wanted to go straight to the referee. But if Colin had sold it and gone down, that was a red card, I think. But it's definitely going to be a red card now in suspension. Yeah, I don't see how they can. Now, the other one is uh, you were mentioning Diego Rodriguez. Yep. Diego Rodriguez did a a Vinnie Jones on Paul Gascoigne. Um, Except this time he did it on Aurelian Colin. Colin's in the thick of all the action. Possible grab of of the junk. Let's now, just let's just hope he was going for the jersey. No, I think I think that one you don't. You, there's no way to prove intent on that one, um, and there was no injury at all. Colin did go down like a sack of spuds, though. Yeah, 
that one might not be a suspension, so I think he, he'll be safe from that. But overall, uh, the Whitecaps will be missing. We should probably talk about how many players are going to be missing from this lineup. Yeah, well, just just before we get to that, I, I thought we might also be missing Gershon Kofi because oh, he picked no, up that early booking. That. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, and he had another couple of tackles and then an injury time when Jordan Harvey got the yellow card for time-wasting and then Gershon, the ball comes to Gershon, he's doing head-ups and keepy-ups and I'm like... He's going to get a second yellow for that. It was hilarious watching it back. Yeah. And of course, the Whitecaps then scored from the extra time added on from doing that. Yeah. But that, that's, a, that's a problem I have with Gershon. He's shown it a number of times before. He, he lacks a little bit of control. But to his credit, he did kind of settle down and he didn't pick up the second yellow card. Although there was a moment in the second half when Kaka ran past him and all he could do was slightly barge into him because he couldn't do a tackle because he would have been off. But there are players missing, as you say. Russell Tybert's away with Canada. And Christian Dean's away with America. Yep. Darren Maddox is away with Jamaica. Yeah. Uh, Sam Adekugbe is going to be out because of the rib injury he picked up. But it's not that serious, it No, like. he's actually running around. He's training today, doing light training. Yeah. Um, so... With suspensions and these guys away, this is the chance for the, the depth players to step up. And that's that's the thing, though. I'm not as worried as I would be in the past because the depth of the Whitecaps this year is massive. Yeah, it's totally 100% on that. You got you got guys like Keon Sproles who made his debut for the season who came on and actually I thought was better than Mane. We, we didn't talk about Mane too much in the Orlando game, but I, I, didn't, I didn't think very much of his game. No, he, so, he was definitely off. He was sweating buckets. Like there was a shot of him like midway from, through the first half. And he's from uh, Texas, essentially, like born, not born and raised, but but raised there from like a, a younger. Oh age. yeah, and brought up in Gambia. It's yeah. like, but he he was sweating buckets. Actually, a lot of the guys were. Yeah. I I was kind of sweating buckets just just watching it. That might explain why the cameraman wasn't zooming in and out too much. He was just so hot they didn't have the energy to zoom in. As I tweeted out, the filming of that game. It looked like it was being recorded either from Pluto or by Pluto. I wasn't really too sure. But yeah, a lot of decisions coming up for Kyle Robinson. You talked about Kian's there. I think he's going to get the start against uh, Portland in, in place of Manny. Even if Manny isn't suspended, yeah. I think Kian's going to get the start. Yeah, and then uh, we obviously were expecting Rivero to be in the middle. Um, I think although Mosquito, again, didn't have too much of a good game, I think he'll probably stay on in there in the middle. Morales... Holding midfielders stayed the same, and backline, I think Harvey just steps in. So for me, the the big decision that, that Robo has this weekend is, does he start Pamaduka or does he start Diego Rodriguez at the back beside Kendall Waston? Now, for me, I thought Rodriguez was fantastic on Saturday, and I think Waston had his best game because he was playing beside Rodriguez and he didn't have to worry about Kaz's slowness or cover for Kaz's mistakes. And the pair of them showed an immediate understanding, which going forward is, is going to be great. And I think Rodriguez is going to be the man going forward. But do you bring Ka back in this Saturday? He's had rest. He's playing against his former team. He scored against them pre-season yeah. down in Portland. I mean, who, who would you go with? Would you go oh. with Rodriguez? Would you go with Ka? Uh, my one concern about Kyle would be, yes, he knows about Portland, but Portland knows about him, so they could exploit his weakness. I personally, and uh, I've been saying this since the preseason, I, I prefer Diego Rodriguez better. He fits in better with Waston. Waston has a less... Uh, he can, for Waston can play his own game, and Rodriguez can play... They, they kind of There's a yin and a yang with them, whereas um, with Kai, it's basically the same player. And so you're getting two of the same in there. So a yang and a yang, I guess. It's kind Nobody of, wants too many yangs. You don't, you don't a yang yang. Yeah. I think 
From watching training today on Tuesday, it's going to be really hard to tell what Robbo's going to do this week. Uh, Robbo's mentioned that he's he's facing like people being away. We've talked about that, probably suspensions, injuries, and everything like that. He doesn't want to keep changing the team up. But Ka and Waston were playing back there in the scrimmage games today. Can't read too much into that. Well, eventually, uh, at one point, Kofi and Ka were playing at the back. Team. Yeah, because because Waston kind of his boots seem to, to tear or something. Yeah. I don't know. I, I would prefer it to be Rodriguez. I just have a hunch it, it's maybe going to be Ka. Yeah, maybe go with emotion. So that's our thoughts uh, ahead of the Portland game. Let's hear a little bit of audio now from both coaches. So we'll hear first from Kyle Robinson, and then we'll hear a little bit from Portland coach Caleb Porter. expecting from a Portland team that's three draws to start the season? It's going to be a very difficult game for us. You know, I think I read today or yesterday that we've only beaten them once in 11 attempts and you know, we, we're down to our bare bones. We've got a lot of players missing, we've got injuries, uh, we've got uh, suspensions, we've got international players, so it's it's going to be very difficult against a very, very good Portland team who've, who've kept the group together as well. So we're under no illusions, um, but we'll be ready. We'll have smiles on our faces. Uh, we'll be young, as we always are, and we'll be uh, giving it our best. You mentioned suspension. <laughs> oh, did I? I didn't mean to say that. Okay, but have you heard anything about Kakuda from the... Uh... No, so it was a great occasion on Saturday in Orlando. <laughs> Any concern, Carl, about supplementary discipline for Kakuda? No, no. As I said, it's, it was great to play in Orlando on Saturday. Uh, no, listen, we're waiting. As soon as I know, I'll let you know. And, you know, it was... Um, it was uh, uh, I use interesting all the time. I won't use interesting today. I'll, I'll use um, a tackle which we don't like, and I don't like, and I've let the boy know. You know, it's... Um, to tackle it if it's endangered the opponent then you know there will be discipline and I don't want that I don't want any player to get hurt or nothing like that and you know in the moment it's it's difficult for players to control themselves and you know if he gets banned I'll take it we I'll take it on the chin and we move on but I don't condone that but did you like Adrian's comments after he said let the referees make the decision on the day don't second guess them after the fact and he would have been fine if he didn't get uh, supplemental I think Adrian and me have got the same backgrounds I think you look at it and you know, the referees have a hard enough job as it is, and I think what you do is when you start micro-managing every incident on a football field, then, you know, you start opening a can of worms. So, uh, you know, it's out of my hands. We'll see. Hopefully they listen to Adrian and they listen to me. But, you know, it's nice that Adrian says that because I said, you know, you don't want any players missing games or whatever because, you want you know, supporters play the hard-earned money that they work for on a Monday to Friday basis to watch the best players. And if the best players are getting taken away from them from you know, decisions and it's difficult. No, we saw Jack Jewsbury wasn't out there today. Can you fill us a little bit? Yeah, he took a ball in the head in the game and uh, had concussion symptoms. So he's being evaluated for, for that. So whether or not he has a concussion or not, we'll, we're still sorting that out. Um, but he could have a concussion, which would mean that he's got to go through the MLS return to play protocol on concussions and would mean if he has one that it'll be tight for the game. Could be back for the game, but um, there's a chance he's not. You're going into Vancouver. This is a place that you've obviously had success on the road before, have won games decisively. Does that give you guys extra confidence when you're looking for your first one? 
Yeah, I mean, I think you, you have that in the back of your minds. It doesn't hurt. Uh, we have had success against Vancouver, but, you know, they're, they're in form right now. They've got six points, and they, they, they're going to be full confidence. Um, you know, so I don't know that it plays a, a lot into the game, but it does give us confidence knowing that we've been able to get results there. But they're, they're a good team, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a battle. I mean, you saw the preseason game. It was chippy. It was um, physical. Um, I think that's a little bit their, their style this year. Um, I think Nets, my media guy, was telling me that they lead the league in fouls and yellow cards. You know, so they're a very physical team. Um, you know, so we're going to have to be up for that and ready for that. And we experienced that a little bit at, at home you know, in the preseason game. Uh, when, when Zemanski, you know, went down with the ACL and, you know, a few other other things. So it's going to be a battle for sure. We're rivals. Um, you know, we've had some good games against them, but this is a new year, and obviously we're going to have to play really well on the road because they're going to be hungry um, to get a result. You've, uh, there's been a stat kind of out there that you have not won a game in March in MLS. You is love that, that one, don't you? I know. You love so that. That's ask, a media dream. Well, so, so I want to ask your <laughs> opinion on it. It's a media dream, yeah. I want to get, is that something that yeah. you feel like is overblown where you kind of see it more in yeah. chunks in the season or do you, is it something yeah. that concerns you? I don't even think about it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I just approach it. The next game, like like always, if we were 3-0, and I'd approach the next game the exact same way. I mean... I think it's you got to write about something, right? <laughs> you got to tweet about something. That's your job. You know, you got to ask questions about something. I understand if I'm you, I'm asking the same questions and I'm tweeting the same things. Um, so I don't have Twitter. I don't read the blogs. I don't have Facebook. Okay. Um, I just do my job. And right now, this group's in a good spot. Um, you know, we've played a tough schedule. We've managed some things, but. You, you look at our mentality, you look at our organization, you look at the positives. Um, and I'm aware of the areas that we got to address. Uh, we had a good video today. We pointed all those things out like we do. Um, spent about 15 minutes going through things we're going to work on. Um, you know, I don't always share all those things with you, um, the things that we got to work on for, for good reason, because then the opponent would know it. Um, and you don't need to know everything I know, but but ultimately I understand you're gonna you're gonna look for things to write about. So, is it overplayed? I don't know. All right, we'll, we're gonna win. So, uh, next game we're gonna make sure it's not a story anymore. Well, that's it for this episode of the podcast. Just be- before we go, though, we'll just do our quick predictions for the weekend. How do you think it's going to go? Are the Whitecaps going to get their first home win against the Timbers? Um, I'm going to say I-, I think they'll be able to take control of the midfield. That's going to be the key. They've got to take advantage of all those injuries that the Timbers have there. And I'm, I'm going to say it's a 2-1 a Whitecaps win. I think it's going to be a a hard-fought and a close game. I'm going for a Whitecaps win. I'm going for another 1-0 because I think Portland are going to keep it tight at the back. As we discussed, I think they're going to have trouble putting the ball in the back of the net. And no matter who plays at the back for the Whitecaps, they're linking up well. I think it's going to be three clean sheets in a row for David Oustead. And I'm going to go with another goal for Octavio Rivero. 
that would be a really great start to the season for him. I, <laughs> career, I'm, I'm, I'm actually say. going for Rivera to get a goal a game. He's, he's going <laughs> I for don't 34. think he's going to hit 34. No, he's going to hit 34. <laughs> well, no, actually he won't because he'll be suspended for a few games. But, yeah. but he, he could get a, double, a brace here and there. Yeah, he's going to be 20 plus for sure. But anyway, as I said, that's it for this episode. Uh, we hope to be back just before the weekend game with a special USL podcast. Uh, just with the USL team having their, their first game coming up on Sunday against Seattle. But until then, Steve, just let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapSpeed. And I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff, AFTN.ca. And I'm also the Whitecaps Beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com, so read all my stuff on there. So until next time, thanks for listening as always. Take care and mon the caps. When you're listening in some far-flung corner of the globe to the world service of a Saturday afternoon, friendly reception, interference, cosy, marvellous. Somehow comforting, isn't it? You know, legendary names, fathers and sons on the terraces, cheesy peas at half-time, pipe for dad, mum's at home making the tea. Ah, oh, everything's all right with the world, isn't it? Saturday afternoon is football. Hmm?